0: Welcome to a series of netcasts brought to you by Yale University.
1: Hello, my name is Kelly Brownell. I'm the director of the Rudd Center for Food Policy and Obesity at Yale University. Our guest for the second of two podcasts is Geraldine Henshey, director of nutrition policy at the Food Research and Action Center, a group known as FRAC, in Washington, D.C. FRAC is a research policy public education and advocacy center working on hunger And looking to improve the nutrition of low-income individuals and families. Um, Geraldine is really a leading expert on food policy issue and knows as few do the way Washington and also the state's work regarding food policy issues. So I'm delighted to have you here.
0: Thank you, Kelly. I'm happy to be here.
1: So let's start off with a particular piece of legislation. I know sometimes people's eyes glaze over when they hear about legislation, but these things are really important to the lives of millions and millions of people. And one of the current pieces of legislation that's very important is the Child Nutrition Reauthorization Act that's going on now. Can you tell us a little bit about what that piece of legislation is all about and what sort of programs are included in it?
0: Sure. Every four to five years, the child nutrition programs are reauthorized. It's an opportunity to keep them going, but also to improve them. The child nutrition programs include the school breakfast program, the school lunch program, the summer feeding program, the after school program, the child and adult care food program, which is basically like school lunch for child care, and the WIC program. When we look at the reauthorization, we ask the question, how can we make these Programs work better? How can we make them serve the children better? How can we address the current problems that we're seeing? So of course in this reauthorization we have to answer the question, how can we make these programs work better for both hunger and obesity? And the key question here, the way that we look at that is that we say, how can we make these programs work better in terms of access and quality? because we know that when the children participate in the program compared to what they might normally eat, they're doing better nutritionally, so participation is key. But we also know that what's being offered can be improved, and quality is equally important. So we see this these things going forward hand in hand, and we see provisions on both both parts of these in the current Senate bill. That bill has uh, provisions which address key nutrition issues in school, such as strengthening the wellness policies, strengthening competitive food, which is basically what's in the vending machines and sold outside school lunch, trying to make sure that's not junky, which it actually is now, Um, looking at trying to strengthen the reimbursements for school lunch to support increased stricter standards around um, having meals that conform to the dietary guidelines.
1: So by reimbursement, do you mean that schools would get more money in order to have a stronger program?
0: That's right. Kelly, it's a pay for performance provision. So if they meet the new standards, which will based on a will we that USDA is working on that are based on a, a IOM report, if they meet those standards, they will get an additional six cents. They'll be certified as meeting the standards, and then each year they need to be recertified. This is called pay for performance, uh, in part because people were getting tired of um, getting promises that things were going to be improved, and sometimes they were, and sometimes they weren't. So this Ideas both to connect it to performance but also to to strengthen the oversight system on school lunch
1: so you mentioned i o m the Institute of medicine has done some reports that apparently been pretty helpful in helping decide what good nutrition standards should be for schools have has that has that report in particular been influential as i i think it has
0: oh, it's been incredibly influential in fact you know USDA's basically saying they're taking it you know, the wholesale, which is what they did with the WIC report when, when the IOM made their recommendations to um, revise the WIC report. And basically, school lunch is based on that model. It worked so well for WIC that they're doing with school lunch, and now IOM is also doing it for CACFP. Uh, for child care. So the IOM has been critical in terms of the nutrition standards and the IOM report on um, reducing obesity through actions by local government has been important on the access side.
1: So you mentioned that schools could be getting six additional cents per meal Mm -hmm. to help improve the nutrient quality of the foods. Six cents doesn't sound like an awful lot. Is that enough to make a difference?
0: Well, the Institute of Medicine did uh, did calculate that it was going to cost more than that, uh, quite a bit more than that. So the issue is, you know, what was really more a political issue. So the Senate's offering six cents. Uh, people are working on getting more money on the House side. So it's a matter of trying to find the funding to increase it.
1: Uh, is, is there some minimal level that you'd have to achieve in order to really have much impact?
0: Well, the Institute of Medicine calculated that if you had a high take-up rate on the newly offered fruits and vegetables and some other healthy foods, that school lunch, the cost of school lunch would go up by 9%, and the cost of school breakfast would go up by 23%. That's not politically viable. So it's a matter of uh, trying to fit um, some increase increased uh, paper performance within the realities of the overall budget. If the Senate or the House of Congress was able to get the amount of money that President Obama had recommended, which is a billion dollars a year, they could certainly offer some more in terms of reimbursements.
1: It'll be interesting to see how the politics of that plays out. Let's talk about another um, piece of legislation, the WIC program. Can you explain what the WIC program is? And we can talk a little bit about the nuts and bolts of that.
0: Well, the WIC program is just a fabulously successful program.
1: The Women, Infants, and Children Yes, program. the Women,
0: Infants, and Children program. It uh, It is a program that is focused on low-income mothers and infants and children up to five. Um, they need to be nutritionally at risk to participate. And it's had a long line of uh, studies showing that it's successful in improving birth outcomes and helping to prevent obesity. So it's a very popular program uh, because it provides money but it also provides nutrition education and referrals to health care. That program is different from the other programs that we're discussing because it's a discretionary program. That means that every year money needs to be appropriated for that program, and that's the, the other political process that we're working on right now.
1: So one aim is to keep motivation high in Congress then to value programs like WIC and to continue funding them.
0: That's right. So the kinds of studies that people do to show the program works are important. The other thing that's going on right now is that WIC has a new food package, and that new food package has been implemented. And one of the studies that the Red Center is doing to look and see how the new fruits and vegetables are working out in the stores, what kind of impact they're having on the availability of fruits and vegetables in the neighborhood, what kind of impact it's having on um, clients and their ability to access fruits and vegetables, I think is going to be absolutely key because we need that kind of information to make sure that a big change like this is working effectively.
1: So for people who aren't familiar with how the WIC program works, do do people have to enroll to, to join into the WIC program and then... Once they're in it, what services do they have access to? And when you talk about a food package, what does that mean? Does it mean people actually come in and get a physical package of food? Do they get opportunities to buy the food elsewhere? How does that work?
0: Well, that's a good question, Kelly. What happens is they get a set of vouchers that look kind of like checks, and they take them to the store, and they specify amounts, and they specify the kind of food because WIC really provides a food prescription. So, Wick gives fruits and vegetables, whole grain cereals, and bread. They also give um, beans. Uh, they also offer now in milk and cheese, but. They also offer soy milk and tofu. So there's a large selection of items that people can get, including um, eggs. And for babies, you can get infant formula, and now you can get baby food, which you couldn't get before. So it's a pretty good package. It's very healthy now. Um, One thing that we felt was missing is that um, USDA under the Bush administration, when they issued a rule, um, they, for cost-neutrality reasons, cut out $2 from the women's fruits and vegetable allotment and $2 from the children's fruits and vegetable allotment as well as yogurt as a substitute for milk. So we have been working with our partners to try to get that restored. And with the help of the Obama administration and the Senate and the House committees, last year we were able, through appropriations, to get the additional $2 for the women. And this year we're all working together again to get the $2 restored for the children. And next year, hopefully, we will get yogurt.
1: So when you mention the term cost neutrality, I think what you're referring to is that if a program incurs new costs— Congress has to find somewhere else to take that money from in order to remain cost neutral. Is that correct?
0: Right. You can look at it from cost neutrality from the perspective of getting money from someplace else or cost neutrality within the package itself. So if you want to make certain improvements for breastfeeding women, then you're going to take the money from children, that kind of stuff, which we don't think is a good idea. I mean, we think that everybody should be kept steady state and should get the full amount that the Institute of Medicine recommended.
1: With things like the WIC program and food stamps where uh, people enroll, mm-hmm. are there uh, serious issues about people um, deserving access to these programs but just not getting in for some reason?
0: Yeah, I think there are access issues um, for SNAP and for WIC, and there are also so access SNAP issues. So SNAP is the food stamp program. That's the food stamp program, and there are access issues for the child nutrition mm-hmm. Uh, programs and that's part of what we're trying to take up in reauthorization Um, because in addition to the nutrition issues and reauthorization we also want to make sure the access issues are addressed and so for child nutrition that's things like we have a lot of kids who are staying for after-school programs and it's really important that um, if they're there at supper time they get a supper so one of the things that's in the Senate bill for reauthorization is that the at-risk after-school program would offer suppers to everyone so that's key Generally speaking, in terms of SNAP, we're seeing a very big increase in participation in SNAP. Um, One of the things that's fueling that, of course, is the recession. The other is, uh, there's several other things, but one of them is that there's ARA money uh, that increased the benefits. And the Obama administration has really um, worked hard at trying to facilitate um, access through the states through administrative uh, changes that they've made.
1: So I'd like to ask a broad question. My I'm down in Washington a lot, not nearly as much as you are, but um, I have the impression that there's sort of a new energy in Washington around these nutrition issues and that the government agencies have been revitalized, have a level of commitment to these issues that I just didn't think see was very apparent before. And it comes through in... uh, More science-based approaches to things like use of the Institute of Medicine standards for various food programs with a lot of of examples of that. But it just feels like a wind has swept through that city and that the commitment to these nutrition and health issues is really at an all-time high but i'm but you're closer to it than I am, and I might be wrong, so I'm curious to see what your impression of that is and and do you see things moving in different directions than they did even a few years ago, and are you optimistic that things will go in a you know good directions in the future?
0: Yes, Kelly, I am optimistic. I think you've gotten it right. There is a new wind of change. This administration, this Congress, really is focused on making change. They really, I think it's important. They want access, and they want quality improvements, and they really, they want it now. So I think that um, it is absolutely a big difference, we have just a whole nother set of potentials. And this administration was clear from the start, you know, even in the transition when they invited everybody in, you know, what what do we need to do? So they have a lot of things that they've changed already, which are regulatory issues. And you know, the fact that they put a billion dollars on the table for reauthorization is key, that they supported the changes for WIC is key, and that they have the um, their um, interagency task force on obesity and the Let's Move initiative is key. So I think that we have seen a lot of change there, Kelly. and I think that you've been part of the change. I've seen you up there testifying and doing other things, and so I think the Red Center and your work has been part of making that change happen.
1: Well, it's very nice of you to say that. Um, I'm happy that my optimism is matched by yours, It's because as I said, you're very close to it, so it's nice to see this, and I, I think we can look for a positive future. And I know you've been, you and your organization have been a big part of that, so thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. So our guest was Geraldine Henshe, Director of Nutrition Policy at the Food Research and Action Center in Washington, D.C. I'm delighted that you could join us today. Please visit our website at www.yaleruddcenter.org for a variety of resources regarding food and food policy issues. Thank you.